Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan here in March of 2023. And you are tuned into Questions for Corbett, and this week we're going to open up the mailbag and look at a question from Peter, who writes, The Bank of England have opened a consultation on CBDCs, which is open until 7th of June 2023. Looking at the questions, the entire survey is not written in a way to allow objections to the entire thing. It only really allows for tweaking aspects of how the currency could work. How would you recommend filling in answers to this consultation? The only thing I can think of is entering the same answer to every question, something like, this entire consultation is a solution looking for a problem. There is zero need for a central bank digital currency. All right. Thank you for the question, Peter. Uh, it's an important question, and I hope people take this question seriously because it's uh, actually something that applies, I think, a lot more than people understand. So to make sure everyone's on the same page, of course, Peter is referring to the central bank digital currency proposal from the Bank of England, the central bank in jolly old England, um, which is available on their website. The proposal is up at the digital pound a new form of money and households for households and businesses, which is uh, listed as a consultation paper. And so it goes through and just in the preamble, they note how the way we use money is changing. And this consultation paper sets out our assessment of the case for a retail central bank digital currency, CBDC, a so-called digital pound. It has been overseen by the joint bank HM Treasury, Her Majesty's, His Majesty's Treasury, CBDC task force that was announced in April 2021, blah, 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 blah. And here is the link to the actual PDF that you can get and download and start reading as I have myself. Ooh, tell us more about the way we use money in the United Kingdom is changing, bringing fresh opportunities and new considerations for public policy, blah, blah, blah. Um, ensuring that public trust in money remains high and that our modern forms of money and payment meet the evolving needs of individuals and businesses. We are uh, our fundamental responsibilities for the government and the Bank of England. Well, I'm glad that the government and the Bank of England see eye to eye on this. <laughs> Uh, blah, blah, blah. UK central bank digital currency, a digital pound, would be a new form of digital money for use by households and businesses. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you see where this is going, and then you can see their incredible proposal for the digital pound and how it might operate and the reasons why you you're, you need to use it and how it could work and all of this yummy, yummy goodness. And once you do that and download the accompanying data files in zip form, yay, then... You can, well, oh, they're inviting your response to this consultation. And you have until the 7th of June. For all my uh, UK listeners out there, please get on it. Go real quick. The response to this consultation will inform our joint future work. <laughs> so utterly, completely, totally unaccountable. It will inform our future work. Ah, it seems like no one wants it. Well, anyway, let's do it anyway. I mean, again... <laughs> They don't even pretend that this really has meaning. But hey, here's the here's the slave suggestion box for you guys. Respond to the consultation paper. So as you can see from my extremely cynical response, my very first inclination is to direct you to previous work that I've done on this subject or related subjects in the past. Um, things that I think would be re relevant include Corbett Report Radio 177 from way back in the archives. Why James probably won't sign your petition as well as the more recent Solutions Watch uh, episode on Are Petitions and Protests the Answer? 
in which I elaborate the point that, yes, no, of course, I do not think that petitions, uh, signing consultation paper responses or petitioning, oh, please, masters, will you let us do this, will you let us do that, is the answer. It could be a thing that you can do, and it could be a mechanism, a lever that uh, might have its uses in certain situations, but it's certainly not a thoroughgoing solution to the problem. So that would be my first level of response to you, Peter, and to all the Peters out there who have this kind of question. However, I think there is a much, much more important issue that you raise with this, and I think, why don't we, why don't we take the bait? Why don't we take a look at this response to the consultation paper that they're going to allow us to do. So when you click on that, you're going to get this keysurvey.co.uk link, which will take you to their survey. So, of course, the digital pound, a new form of money, blah, blah, blah. Invite views on the questions. Okay, are you an individual or an organization? Hmm, how is that going to affect what I end up seeing here anyway? And what if I am just an individual? Does that count? Am I allowed to be an individual? Hmm. All right, let's, let's keep going. What's your name? Uh, my name is Joe Blow, and my email address is uh, none, none of your be beeswax at Gmail, because of course I'm a dedicated Gmail user. All right, and then uh, do you have comments on how trends in payments may evolve and the opportunities and risks that they may entail? <laughs> what? Just meaningless twaddle. Yes. I do. <laughs> do you have comments? Just <laughs> All right. Given our primary motivations, does our proposed design for the digital pound meet its objectives? What about my objectives? <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Do you have comments on our proposition for the roles and responsibilities of private sector digital wallets as set out in the platform model? Do you agree that private sector digital wallet providers should not hold end users' funds directly on their balance sheets? Why you want to cut out the bankster middleman, huh? Um, yeah, anyway, wow. Peter, you are not wrong. This is ridiculous. Do you agree that bank the bank should not have access to users' personal data, uh, but instead see an anonymized transaction data and an aggregated system-wide data for the running of the core ledger? Oh, man. What views do you have on a privacy-enhancing digital pound? I don't... Don't... I don't want your stupid digital nonsense, you big... Phonies, spelt the British way. <laughs> All right, what are your views on the provision and utility of tiered access to the digital pound? What views do you have on the embedding of privacy-enhancing techniques to give users more control? Wow, yeah, okay, anyway, we won't go through every question here. I'll let you do that on your own time for your own pleasure, but you're exactly right, Peter. It's like every single question is designed based on our proposal, our views, our motivations, our goals. Do you think this is meeting our goals? What do you, what's your comment on how best we can structure this thing that you don't want so that it's it, it could be more privacy enhancing? Privacy enhancing. It will only slightly breach your privacy. <laughs> uh, yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. How do you fill this out in a way that t says anything of substance? And even then... As they say, it will inform their views of the subject going forward, which means we will fill, we will file that in the circular suggestion box under our desk. Right? Um, nonsense. But, P 
Peter, you raise such an important point. It's like these questions are designed to only get you to fundamentally agree with what they're doing and accept their basic premises and then oh we can we can sort of tweak the details a little bit about how we're going to implement this thing that they're clearly going to implement it's almost like this is a game a, a technique if you will a method oh wait ha it is and there's a name for it it is called the delphi technique Delphi, the Delphi method is a uh, Delphi technique. It was, was developed by the Rand Corporation in uh, post World War II in the Cold War. And it is being used to, uh, the, the reason it was developed was, uh, was to bring groups of people to a predetermined outcome while giving them the idea, the, the, uh, you know, the illusion that they actually had a say and that they had a, you know, that they were actually crafting the outcome themselves. So this is uh, this is a actually a, a, a management organizational technique that's being used right now in every large government meeting where you are invited to come and give your opinion on a plan. Usually these are the regional plans or they're a general plan or a master plan for your local town. And uh, of course, you know when you show up there and you know they have the little the screen show, you know, and they have, you know, you color with your crayon and put your little gold stars on the map and show where you want to see smart growth, high density development. Um, really, the plan is all designed before you walk in the room. In fact, the plan, you know, of course, as I said, it's the same plan all across the world. So uh, you need to know how to anti-Delphi because what they're doing there is they're, they're doing two things. They're propagandizing you and they're also using social pressure which is part of communitarianism, to make it so that you, if, if, even if you don't agree with the plan, you will be too, um, your, act, your nerves won't be able to handle standing up and saying that you don't agree with it because there's all that social pressure to, uh, to keep you quiet, you know, and so everyone goes along with it. So what we uh, talk about, what I talk about in the book and what we have, uh, you know, we've got videos online to show you what happens when we go in an anti-Delphi meetings. You really need to make it clear that those plans are not your plan, that you are being manipulated, and you have to take these meetings down correctly, or you're just going to end up looking like, um, uh, you know, someone who's a rabble rouser who's uh, trying to, you know, keep all these good people from being able to express this wonderful plan to all your, you know, local citizenry. Now that, for those not in the know, was Ro Rosa Corey from Corbett Report Radio, episode 241, from way back in October of 2012, where we talked about UN Agenda 21 Exposed, and we discussed her work behind the green mask, UN Agenda 21. So if you haven't seen that conversation, of course, I would recommend checking it out. It's right there in the archives, along with everything else I do for your free viewing and listening pleasure. But if you do click on over to her website, Democrats Against UN Agenda 21, you will note that uh, there was the June 2021 announcement that Rosa Corey did pass away in May of 2021. But as that conversation that we were listening to does attest, Rosa Corey was aware of and talking about the Delphi Technique uh, many, many years ago and writing about it in her book, Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21, where she does have a section on the Delphi Technique where she confirms 
The Delphi technique was developed by the Rand Corporation as a Cold War mind control technique. Uh, Delphi is used to channel a group of people to accept a point of view that is imposed on them while convincing them that it was their idea. In the 70s and 80s, it was used to convince landowners of the merits of accepting general plan maps. Uh, Delphi can be used on any group, from just one person to the entire world. Trained facilitators present a range of choices to a group, but have tailored them to direct the outcome. This is most often done in public meetings called visioning meetings, put on by your city or county to get your opinion on your town 2020 or 2035. Uh, money for these programs often come from federal agencies in the form of grants, da-da-da-da. Uh, Delphi is used in school board meetings and trainings at neighborhood association meetings and other places where the organizers want to give the appearance that they have listened to community organizers, uh, to community opinion, and incorporated it into their plan. By the way, you'll never hear the word Delphi. They will never acknowledge that they're doing it. Okay, all right, fascinating stuff, and there's lots more to read about the Delphi technique here in Behind the Green Mask, but I guess that does raise the question, well, is Rosa Corey just making this up? I've never heard about this. Well, you can go to rand.org if you are so inclined and look at the Delphi method. They have an entire section on it um, where they, they note the Delphi method was developed by Ra Ra uh, Rand in the 1950s to forecast the effect of technology on warfare. It has since been applied to healthcare education, healthcare education management, and environmental science. Today, groups of experts or stakeholders, where have I heard that word, use online tools such as Expert Lens to anonymously answer questionnaires, receive feedback that represents the group response, discuss, and revise their answers to see whether they can approach expert consensus. Well, that sounds like a wonderful process. Exactly as Rosa Corey was pointing out, this is the process by which large bodies of people can be, can feel like they're part of a process, they're shaping, they're converging on some sort of consensus, but it's the people who are giving these questionnaires or leading these visioning meetings or whatever other tech, uh, terminology they're using that can essentially shape the ultimate outcome of that answer. Um, no matter what the question appears to be. And as I say, Rand brags about it. They have this expert lens, an online modified Delphi approach to stakeholder engagement and expert elicitation. And they have tons of uh, articles and, and uh, papers and all sorts of things about this, including this 2011 um, announcement about expert lens and how it uses the Delphi method to draw from the wisdom of crowds and shape those crowds into saying what you want them to say. Of course, again, they don't openly state that, but that is essentially what this process is about, as Rosa Corey lays out. And that's exactly, I mean, exactly what the Bank of England is doing in that survey that we just looked at. Oh, it's a questionnaire. We're inviting your feedback. It will inform our views. Here's these questions. Now, taking everything that we say as fundamental that we, you just take it on board, well, what do you think? Should we do this or that to direct it in this direction or that direction? Well, thank you for your feedback. But it turns out that the group has decided <laughs> what we decided all along. Huh. I wonder if this happens in other places like beyond the Bank of England. Do, do, do you think other governments use this technique or use it to shape public opinion? Oh, of course they do. So the uh, National Post had this up um, just back in January for my Canadian listeners. Trudeau liberals are filting out dissent to their anti-hate agenda. Internal emails show a question was added to a survey to weed out those critical of the government's plans 
after too much negative feedback. So this has to do with con online consultations run by Canadian Heritage on their national action plan on combating hate that could in introduce anti-hate laws, i.e. anti-freedom of speech laws, and curb freedom of exp expression. While the department publicly encouraged every person in Canada to participate in a survey about this plan, uh, email uh, records show that people were screened out if they believed that an anti-hate plan wasn't needed at all. And it goes on to detail how that was done. But specifically, certain questions can be inserted in there. Oh, you're not on board with the agenda? Okay, we'll, we'll take your feedback on board over here and we'll get on with the show over here. Um, so this is how it's done. They're all modifications and versions of this Delphi technique. Uh, and I think that's exactly what Peter is gesturing to with regards to this survey. Now, I guess the question is, so can you play this rigged game in a way that you can actually influence the outcome and you can actually derail the Delphi envisioners plans for whatever it is they're trying to ramrod uh, through the group consensus process. Well, Rosa Corey had her own ideas about that in Behind the Green Mask. So um, towards the end of the book, you will note that she wrote about uh, the anti Delphi technique that she had uh, developed for specifically in the case that she was uh, looking at. It was uh, more about to do with uh, meetings and how um, meetings could be um, steered that way. And you'll have to excuse me because I apparently don't have the right page number here. Um, A few minutes later. And we're back. All right. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Rosa Corey writes about anti-Delphying -Delphi a meeting. And a Delphi meeting can either be a one-to-one -one or involve many people. The purpose of the meeting is to direct the outcome while giving their, the appearance that the attendees are having an impact and the outcome is their idea. If the meeting goes smoothly, the attendees will not be aware that they've been railroaded into agreeing to the plan that was designed prior to the meeting. Your goal, if you are going to anti-Delphi, is to show that the plan is not the plan of the people and to resist being duped. In order to do this effectively, you will need to stay calm and make the facilitator treat you rudely in front of the group. This is political theater. The facilitator relies on the compliance and obedience of the group in order to run the meeting of the desired outcome. Uh, uh, run the meeting to the desired outcome. Your job is to break the mesmerizing cadence of the totally orchestrated meeting and expose the gears behind the screen. And she goes into uh, some detail about how to do this, step by step, what things should you do, what things should you not do uh, in order to effectively derail the meeting. Because if you just get up and start screaming, and blah, then you are the disruptor and the group will see you as the one sticking out. Oh, that weirdo over there is going crazy. You'll be ushered out by security. Don't try to tase me, bro. Ah! And th once that distraction is done, we can get on with the meeting and it will proceed exactly according to plan. So if you are going to disrupt it, you have to have a plan and you have to do it in a way that will actually puncture that Again, the political theater that is happening here. Uh, this applies specifically to these types of meetings that Cor uh, Rosa Corey was writing about in Behind the Green Mask, and which is employed uh, certainly at the local level for all sorts of uh, uh, vision, our vision of the future 2030 and all these types of meetings that happen that most people won't even know about. And the people who do attend will be railroaded through a Delphi technique to converge on a group consensus that, yes, of course, we need to implement a 15 minute city where we live. What does that mean again? Oh, I don't know. But it felt like a good idea when I was in the meeting. Anyway, um, so, yes, these meetings are important. But, yeah, what do you do with an online 
survey, like this ridiculous digital pound consultation, uh, it is much more difficult to do this in a way that's actually going to disrupt anything because of its online nature. You're just sending this that will be collected in some database somewhere and promptly ignored. Uh, does anyone think that any sort of response to this is fundamentally going to change things? Now, this could be a gauge for the Bank of England or whoever is running whatever particular survey, simply to gauge, are the public, I mean, what is the level of resistance to this? And if every single one of these consultations that they get back is just a response of, we don't need your damn CBDCs, get, shove it up your keister. If that's the overwhelming response, they'll know that they need to really false flag or something in order to create the problem to get the reaction that they need from the public. Yes, please save us with your CBDC. They might know that they need to do more. So there's psychological experimentation that is involved in this. And I don't know if there's any way that you can participate in a questionnaire like this that isn't feeding into the system, that isn't giving them your data. Even if it is just to say, screw you, we don't want it. You're still giving them that data that then gives them it helps them to refine the way that they're going to foist it on the public. So is there a way to disrupt, to anti-Delphi an online survey? Not that I can see. If anyone out there has any suggestions, please log in as a Corporate Report member to corporatereport.com. Please leave your suggestions for anti-Delphiing an online consultation response. You can leave it at the... Uh, at the uh, Corporate Report website, corporatereport.com. In this case, it's corporatereport.com slash QFC hyphen Delphi. And you can leave your, your ideas for that. I don't see a way of participating in this that isn't going to be fruitful. Um, but Peter, I think you, you, you hit on the, the, the fundamental question here, which is, well, this is, this is a rigged game, right? Yes, it absolutely is rigged. And there's a specific technique that is being employed on you here. And the fact that you'll never, ever hear anyone talk about the Delphi method, the Delphi technique, that this exists, that it started as a as a way of forecasting the future. Uh, but, uh, oh, we'll ask a bunch of different experts their forecasts in, in isolation so they don't know each other's answers. And then we'll, form, so we'll find what the group consensus converges on behind the scenes. But that has evolved over the decades since Rand developed it in the 1950s to this process for shaping group consensus and it is being used over and over and over and all sorts of times when the government is asking for your opinion here's your slave suggestion box guys please make sure to fill out the forms pr properly anyway uh i think it's better for us to at least know that this technique exists and then we can decide what to do um, as our response to that from that point can't we so thank you very much for bringing this to our attention peter um it is an important thing um i at the very least, would be interested to hear how any UK listeners will or will not be filling out this particular online survey, for what reasons, and what ways you can find to monkey wrench this type of process in a way that isn't just going to feed more psychological data to the, the would-be rulers of society. But that being said, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Questions for Corbett. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Thank you for joining me for this exploration, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the very near future.